1: It's the Luke and Pete show. It is Monday, the 15th of February. (laughs) I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore. Luke, how the fucking shit are you, sunshine?
2: That's accurate. That's how it feels. Yeah, that's how it feels, but I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, um, lockdown is just getting a complete pain in the ass now, but I don't think people listening to this want to hear that. So I'm going to gloss over it and say I'm doing bloody fine. Thank you very much for asking. How are you, Mr. Musketeer, man? How's you? Uh, I'm, a, I'm furious. Uh, Jim Campbell from the Football
1: Ramble. I was doing Campbell from the Ramble. Uh, I was doing a show with him this morning with Kate, and uh, he has shaved off his beard part of his uh, ensemble, and now he's just got a yeah. big mustache. Now that was going to be my out, but I've got a spot on my chin, and I don't want people to see it. Nightmare. Yeah,
2: he, he looks great. We I mean, we say this he every does. week now. He looks yeah. great. I think he's he's looked so good that if he gets to look any better, we're going to have to invite him on this show to give yeah. us the secrets of the pharaohs. How does it, how did he actually do it? Talk <laughs> us through Jim Campbell because he used to be a nightmare. Now he looks great.
1: Yeah, just 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 have a year off stand up by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah.
2: His most improved player. Pete, He's got, <laughs> he got his Gosport Vikings most improved player, which I think is an award I might have won at one point. Did you not play, what was the name of your youth team that you played football for? Oh, you weren't into football when you were a kid, were you?
1: No, I mean the first football team I played for was Brian Honors Soccer Club in the summer. Yeah. We used to right. play a bit of that every now and again. Yeah, disappointing I was a really. Viking. Oh, and you look a bit like a Viking as well. I kind of played
2: in uh, gold and black, and I started playing for them under nines, full size pitch. absolutely ridiculous looking back at it now 1989 I didn't think anything different though no uh, speaking of Vikings did you see that Ted
1: Cruz has has got himself uh, a a cheeky little alt-right Viking cut what haircut yeah what does it look like if you've not seen it Give, look do look, give us a little treat. Type it into your little computer. Ted Cruz haircut. You will be astonished at the results. Okay. You'll be surprised okay. what the results are.
2: What's he done that for? <laughs>
1: it's
2: a mullet. It's a little
1: it's a little uh drip, isn't it? It's a little uh, ice hockey hair, isn't it? It's a little Why do you reckon he's done that? Forbidden do hair. I'm just going from hey, the song what's your, The Vandals. What's your um, I think it's a tip of the hat, a little bit of uh, a dog whistly whistle uh, to his uh, alt-right brethren, but he's a man of advancing years who's grown um, Gladstone-style mutton chops, and he's and he's setting it off lovely with an undercut. It's just an astonishing bit of hair work. And it's Ted Cruz, the notable non-masturbator.
2: Yeah. Well, he, said he claims to be a non-masturbator, although to that was be. debunked, wasn't it? It was debunked <laughs> by his roommate at college, but... Um, so if he's if he's tipping his hat to the alt right with that haircut, yeah. I mean I, I feel like I must ask this question on behalf of our listenership. Who are you tipping your hat to? Uh the Iberian conquistadors uh, yeah. <laughs> of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna take some kind of some kind of like Victor Hugo esque protagonist. <laughs> surely. And uh, also Peter, um now we record this with the old video format. I can yes. see two things which I can't normally see. Oh. One is I can see myself in your glasses, which is oh, nice. unsettling. And well, second look. I can see the occasional cargo go past in the background. Well,
1: Oh, yeah, so, yes, you can, because there's a raised... Because there's kind of two levels outside my, my room. There's, like, my room, my office, my the spare bedroom, where I'm banished from, and my things, and my trinkets are allowed to live here. Um, yeah. Behind us, there's, like, a kind of, like, there's a raised road that goes behind the house over the road. And um, yeah. I just often think that if someone stopped at any point, they could just look over into this room at any point during the day or night and see... the you See masturbating, see the picture (laughs) of the image of you reflected in my glasses, reflected in my webcam... (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's a little bit meta. So um, on today's Luke and Pete show, which is, as ever, the companion to everyday life in lockdown, and we should yeah. make it absolutely clear that we are doing absolutely nothing different to anyone listening, um, unless you're a frontline worker, which we salute you, and you're out and about doing stuff, and good on you, keeping the country afloat. Um, I'm not talking to you, Mr. Head of Wetherspoons, moaning again today. I'm talking about the proper frontline working. Um, <laughs> we are sat at home doing absolutely nothing, which, as you can probably imagine, imagine makes it remarkably hard to do a two hour two half an hour shows about what we've been up to but i will say this pete donaldson i will say this i saw something uh earlier today uh, that um five kids doctors they're called pediatricians but in these old <laughs> times that can be misconstrued um, right okay i so, was
1: thinking of the kid doctor um not dr shivago what's his doogie name hauser. doogie hauser doogie hauser
2: I was thinking how can you confuse Doogie Hauser with
1: Dr. Shivago? Both qualified. Both very qualified.
2: <laughs> Doogie Hauser was not involved, but I did see five pediatricians <laughs> who uh, I think, I'm not going to be out of order here because got, I've, got, I've got to be sensitive, but they did a video for the BBC website where each of the five of them swallowed a piece of Lego and saw how long it took to come out the other end. And I'm thinking, <sighs> we're in the middle of a health crisis here. If your boss <laughs> finds out you're doing yeah. that, that is gonna be if... remarkably poorly received. Yeah, what if they have
1: to have an operation to get it removed? I mean it's very brave of them. Did they lather it up with uh, vaseline first
2: or wasn't mentioned. They they all no accelerants swallowed... allowed they... say again curry.
1: There was no like um kind of accelerants allowed, curry, uh, no uh, coffee, anything like that.
2: Thankfully the word accelerant wasn't used at all. <laughs> um they they all swallowed a Lego head and um, monitored how long it took to pass it. And it was part of a kind of public health messaging, I guess, that if your child swallows a Lego head, which is really small. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because it's generally fine. And the average time it took to pass through the body was 1.7 days. However, however... The right. main guy running the experiment and presenting to camera for the BBC website said he never actually found his Lego man head
1: oh, because no.
2: he reckons he was too anxiously quickly looking through his poo to find it, and he must have missed it.
1: What was he doing? Was he attacking it with like a broom handle, or what, 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 why, why did he have such vigour? I don't know. Separating really. wheat from chaff. In Maybe the his poo was juices. like um.
2: Maybe his poo was like that Triceratops poo in Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> Maybe. I've, I've, I've been through both of this, but this is getting tedious. It's literally <laughs> like trying um... to find a Lego
1: man head in a Maybe a Le- maybe Lego man head connected to a Lego man body inside him. Maybe he's got past, um, oh, yeah. he's got past, he's got previous on this. I don't know. Look, uh, with with the knowledge in my mind that we may or may not be working with the good people from Lego in the near future, let's move yeah. on. To- <laughs> yeah, But no,
2: that's fine. Fair enough. But what I want to say is this. Do kids swallow things these days? Because it was all the rage when I was a kid. People were swallowing shit all the time. Ball bearings, everything. You, you, and you know does me. It still I'm happen? always chewing
1: stuff. I'm always biting stuff. Stuff I'm always swallowing stuff. I don't think I ever swallowed anything that I couldn't retrieve myself, so to speak. What does that mean? Either from the top or the bottom. I, I don't think there's. No, <laughs> I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything I could swallow that that that, that, that kind of. I mean, if you if you chow down on a one of those long stickle bricks. Um, yeah. I think you'd be in trouble. There's a lot of trailing legs on that. Um, They're stickle bricks, if you yeah. out loud. Uh, and it'd be probably be quite painful to pass. But, um, yeah, Lego, perfect shape. Um, I'm trying to think. Marbles, I think. I could probably get a few marbles to help me before it That's caused That's what I'm saying. A, so, like, the mother.
2: marbles, I can remember, right, marble. I remember going to a friend's house and playing marbles and, yeah. you know, If you can't, if you don't know what a marble is when you're listening to this because you're too young, Mm. then Google it. Mm. But um, I remember, mate, honestly, I'm not joking. I remember playing with my mate's marbles and maybe three of them were coloured a certain way because he had swallowed them and shut them out again, and they, but they were just been disinfected and back into the collection. <laughs> would your body do,
1: I mean, bearing in mind that we're talking about glass, scratchy glass, you know, you used to like get yeah, a lot of marbles in your hands and go, like that. Yeah. Um, scratchy glass. Uh, I mean, would your body do any damage to it, really? Would it discolour it, really? If it's been cleaned properly, it wouldn't discolour it, I don't think.
2: Well, apparently the big the big issue re, vis-a-vis kids swallowing stuff is mm-hmm. your batteries.
1: Oh, we talk yes. on ba- we anything talk batteries a lot on this show.
2: Mm. Little button batteries, little um, yep. flat batteries. You know, you don't want your kid to be swallowing that because that can cause serious damage, and they are quite swallowable. So be careful, is what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Don't don't feed your kids batteries. Look, we are the Luke and Peach show. We are obsessed with battery brands, battery names, uh, but also battery safety. So uh, just mm. just look after yourselves, all right? But but if how you long just is it going to be? Very kid, I want to know.
2: Yeah, same, 100%. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com. I, I also want to know how long it's going to be before a superior alien race harvests us and starts using us for batteries.
1: Good point. Um, what kind of, If you were going to be a battery, what kind of battery would you be? Well,
2: there's, well there's, there was a guy who's... And, and he's a very well-respected um, scientist. Uh, I think he's for, out of Harvard. Mm. And uh, he's called uh, Avi Loeb. And he... Um, I think it's Avi Loeb, yeah. He's a theoretical physicist, right? (laughs) Great (laughs) Beatles (laughs) album. It's not my favorite, but very good. He, He claims, even though, and this is the thing, see, when people are piping up about the fact that they've already been visited by aliens or that they've already visited the Earth and all the rest of it, people just dismiss it, don't they? They say, this is the work. These are the words of a crank. Of, a, <laughs> of an idiot. Well, Avi Loeb, who's a theoretical physicist at Harvard and actually quite well respected in the uh, intellectual community, has claimed that same thing. Oh, yeah, aliens have definitely visited. We just don't really know how to find them. Now, when he says it, all yeah. of a sudden, people take it serious. Oh, just because he's got a doctorate, like Dr. Zhivago, or mm. let's not forget Doogie, Doogie Howser, MD. <laughs> I don't remember Doogie Howser very much. Do you remember it? It's kind of a thing where the no. name is remembered more than the show itself.
1: Yeah, because because re- he became he became he became a, an older boy, um, and was in How I Met Your Mother, I think. Right. What's um, uh, he? And he was in. I haven't um, seen that either. He was in It's a Sin recently. Uh, so there you go. That's, people are raving about that as well, aren't they? Oh, mate, it is emotional, really. Yeah. The script, as you'd expect from that chap. I haven't watched a lot of Doctor Who sort of stuff. I don't really know his stuff. I remember Queer Who as Folk. Who is it? Russell T. And Davis. I've watched this. Yeah, I've watched Queer as Folk, and then I've watched this. And everything in between I couldn't give a shit about. <laughs> this right. is very good. Russell T Davis, yeah. Uh but yeah, some really well rounded uh depictions of people and uh lot a lot of obvious and not so obvious parallels with the um with the uh you know the, the 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 whole um uh covid the whole covid uh, thing we've had uh, now it's uh yeah. it, it's really how how people you know don't believe it believe certain people get it some believe some other people get it there's kind of like truthers and stuff like that it's uh yeah it's really really fascinating Be- beautifully mm. done you will cry your bloody eyes out, more So get on it.
2: Get All right, I'll that. give it a go. Um, mm. Interesting fact for you out there, trivia fans: that the the chap who composed the "On the Continent" theme tune, Blair Moat, mm-hmm. is also a composer on Doctor Who.
1: Oh, there you go. So there you, you go. go there's a, your link. A, a um, what do you call
2: that?
1: An organ, some kind of organ, isn't it? Accordion.
2: A, yeah, cuz a bit of accordion in there. Yeah, a bit of violin. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah good yeah um Peter I was gonna to say to you something that I, I saw a story earlier which you, I thought was right up your street mm-hmm. so you know that in some parts of the US and specifically with this story I'm talking about the state of California that mm-hmm. um police officers are now um, they are expected to wear uh, body cameras right yeah to film what happens and um, and what will happen in a lot now in, in the US is that people, when they're an encounter with the police, they will start filming the encounter themselves on their mobile phones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, through, I think it probably varies by state, but through a number of different laws, I don't know if the police can stop people actually filming on their phones and stuff. But listen to this. You'll like this because it's horrific, but it's also very clever. What some police apparently has been reported in California have started doing is playing music out of their mm. car, the entire time things are happening, mm. so that it gets immediately shared. When it gets immediately shared, it gets taken down by the Twitter or Instagram algorithm. What do you think about mm. that?
1: I've have you it's seen clever, the it? video of, of this perfect? Like there, somebody was obviously caught on camera doing this, um, mm. and and they, they they do it quite a lot um, uh, now. Um, yeah, there's this worm of a policeman, um, basically just worm. Not re- like not really sort of like interested in this guy's like being quite civil with him and he's gone listen can you just give us the form and it fell in to do this thing and, and he just starts like being really standoffish but playing sublime's track santeria uh, at full volume on his phone and then he later on he's seen outside doing the exact same thing and all all the while the guy's trying to stand back so he doesn't catch santeria by sublime playing um, which is a banger and should not be tainted by this story. And, <laughs> and, and if you go in any bar in in, in anywhere south of uh, Houston uh, or Dallas, uh, you you hear it pretty fucking constantly. But um, it's a banger, and uh, yeah, this, this guy's playing it, and, and the guy's kind of moving away, so he's not, so he doesn't pick up the audio. Uh, and so the guy's going, "Why are you doing this? Why are you playing that song so that I get copyright struck?" And he's gone, what? I can't hear you, I can't hear you. These this man is the defender of the base. This is the man he's he's <laughs> supposed to be. A to policeman. protect and serve. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely
2: pathetic. <laughs> to oi, pro- oi, to oi. protect, to protect, and to serve. You up an amazing slice of pop punk. <laughs> which you may or may not want. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was quite an interesting um like 21st century story. Like, oh, oh it's you have very to You have to yeah you have to kind of hand the credit out to the horrific individuals purporting to do this kind of thing <laughs> um, speaking of um speaking of that, I was on my computer earlier, and Ooh. I have started to watch so so basically I don't know if you I don't know if anyone listening's had this, but there's a phenomenon that's apparently been doing the rounds, right. which is this lockdown headaches thing. Have you heard about it
1: No, what's this?
2: So the idea is it's kind of related to your posture or to the fact that you've got a lot more screen time than before and that you're not commuting to work, so you're not getting a break from your screen. So people are starting to get headaches. And uh, I've started to get them. I've had like probably four in the last few weeks, which is unlike me, because I'm normally very well hydrated, Um, but I started to get them. And um, as a result, I felt like I need to take regular breaks away from my screen. But when I come back to my screen, I occasionally have a TV on the corner uh, you can probably see it behind me, Peter. And I um, I, do you know what I've been putting on? This is a very long, long-winded, elongated way of saying that I've been putting like relaxing, calming, stress-free TV on the TV. Right. And I stumbled across the most recent Rick Stein series, and it is absolutely tremendous. Have you seen it? <laughs> I haven't. But is this not just too distracting? What 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 makes it so chill out chilled? I mean, if I'm having a break or whatever. Right. So uh, realistically, I'm a 21st century boy. So I'm not just going to sit there eating my lunch, just staring I'm out the window. At the wall.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where so the, where the re- the actual relaxating things?
2: Relaxating? Oh, but... no, relaxating. relaxating. Things. Mm. I put um, I put like a little bit of uh, quiet volume on. I put a bit of Rick Stein, and he's he's travelling around Cornwall. He's cooking up a lobster crab. Um, yeah, yeah, or a, <laughs> it's throwing, a crab. It's actually. He's Rick.
1: throwing a crab at the wall. He's, <laughs> he's attacking. <laughs> He's attacking a window uh, with a cricket bat.
2: Yeah, and, and something you know, I find really, stuff. really relaxing is seeing how many crabs Rick Stein could smash with a hammer in a minute. <laughs> and um, if you like it, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> the Stone Cold Steiner, but you, yeah, yeah, smashing crabs up. You hate the, um, you hate the uh, TV field, food on TV. You hate the fetishization of food. So well, I, I, well, that's why I brought it to the table.
1: <laughs> Literally. Uh, now I am in a house that um, there's someone else uh, that I'm trying to impress with my cooking. I Do you have access occasionally, to? Occasionally, a woman I have access to. God, that sounds yeah. even worse than the dog one. Um, yeah. I uh, will occasionally um, flirt with um, uh, food television, uh, but luckily more like food recipe websites and stuff. And there's a marked yeah. difference, and it's probably been pointed out a million times, but American, uh, the difference between American recipes and british recipes very very different british recipes say you like this it's fucking dinner here's the here's the bits you put in the pan and you cook it for this <laughs> amount of time and the food comes out americans they write like i was first in tuscany in the decade <laughs> yeah, that's true 1989 yeah. the sun yeah. was in the east and i yeah. rose to a a great breakfast of uh, bread. We're not going to be talking about that bread, though. Um, I first <laughs> met my wife in 1993. It's like, just get to the fucking, like, yeah. just get, yeah. you could be writing anything. I'm not reading it. Jesus. Yeah. Do you Lordy. know what my
2: husband's, my husband's favourite food is? It's <laughs> it's I don't
1: care. Just tell me how to Do you know what my husband's favourite
2: food is? It's pineapple. His third favorite food is spaghetti bolognese, and his fourth is lamb, but we're going to be cooking beef today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really – obviously, I share, I share the house. The, the, the lady I have access to is obviously from – we're going to continue this theme – obviously yeah. is from America. And right. so uh, she has brought with her a – I don't know what the collective noun is for cookbooks mm. – a quart of American cookbooks over, and they've all got that in it. You're right. Um, got one but, recipe. i' one got one recipe in, in yeah. each of them. I think food, TV, though, is a good relaxing thing. It's a great, it's a great thing to yeah. have, particularly when you've got someone like Rick Stein, who, let's be absolutely clear, is living the life. He is living the life that all of us should aspire to when we hit his age. I think, he, what is he, late 60s? Probably, maybe 70? Yeah. If, you, if you're doing what he's doing when you're 70, you're having a lovely time. Well, is there, I think there's
1: there's two uh, kind of lifestyle gurus, um, food and drink-wise, that I kind of subscribe to. Um, it's Vish from the Football Ramble and Lon Robert, the footballer. Um, they're both... <laughs> They're both just constantly eating nice food, uh, drinking the best wines uh, and running. Hang on a sec. (laughs) Let me clear this up.
2: I cannot vouch for Lauren Robert. So you're on your own with him. Vish, what you've just described there is a man with absolutely ridiculous patterns because he's up early (laughs) doing cricket coverage at like two in the morning and he gets pissed (laughs) all the time and buys takeaway food. That's what you're talking about. (laughs) That for you is your food guru.
1: He drinks great. Uh, he drinks great wines, and he's always. Uh, he never puts it on his main feed, but he puts it on his uh, on his Instagram stories, and it's just loads of um, loads of good wine. Um, there, he's, he's been. Play- he's gone back to playing his uh, marindaga- Ah, marindangam. He was telling us about his marindangam. You know, like a, the drum, like a kind of uh, like a kind no. of. You, you hear them at weddings quite a lot. I'll, I'll play a bit. Marindangam. Yeah, that's a vibe isn't it it's good it's got like it's, each individual finger has a it's like 10 drummers are drumming at the same time it's crazy is that, that gonna sort my
2: headache out because at the moment only Rick Stein will do the trick <laughs> Get fish. Assort, next yeah. time
1: you're allowed in the office with him um yeah. you know get him to drum on your head <laughs> he's got very rhythmic
2: fingers that'd be brilliant he's got very what, strong um, fingers. Pete, what's your what's your um what's your kind of uh secret to removing a headache
1: um I have been <laughs> um my partner likes to watch a show about uh is it like first day weddings or something? You get married oh, on the first day. Married at first sight. Married at first sight, Australia. Uh um, you
2: you call it first day weddings. I re- I reckon one day you might get the name of something right by accident. <laughs> first <laughs> day hell. weddings. Your name first of the shit day is fucking terrible.
1: Weddings. I t- Look, I've been on the computer all day. I'm tired. Um, yeah, first day of weddings, you know, Australia, Aussie style. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's been watching a bit of that, and I've just been playing Football Manager. Um, and I never play Football Manager, but she was watching that, and I was like, "All right, well, I don't necessarily want to give that six, even sixty percent of my attention." But the problem mm. is, it's so addictive and so watchable, and everyone's either a farmhand or an absolute psychopath, uh, and they're, they're just, they're just like they're just gigantic men. Who were grown in grain silos uh, yeah. and and left for the big smoke, and these women, um, who some of which are lovely but there's one in particular who's very much taken it on on herself to become the nasty Nick of uh, married for the first time, first day Australia. And it's, 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 she's, she's laying on way too thick. She's not that good an actor to, 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 to take on the mantle of the world's most hated woman. And she's not created, creative (laughs) enough. She's not worked on the character enough. Um, And, and she, 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 she's found wanting for me. I I, I don't, I don't like her work, but it's not for the reasons that everybody else hates her. It's for the reason that she hasn't put, enough investment in crafting the world's most evil person
2: if you had to do a um reality because the thing is what you're alluding to there is absolutely right because people who are going to be on reality tv now now know what's going to happen right Mm, they it attracts a certain type of individual who knows what they're in for whereas before it never used to do that and therefore for me it was more interesting but if you were forced to go on a reality show what character would you adopt
1: I would um <laughs> I would go on dancing on ice and I would have I would get some kind of hot knees I would like I would I would get like battery powered like really hot metal plated knees and I would slide on my knees even when I wasn't asked to uh, mm. and I would irreparably damage the ice uh, mm. and the show would just have to stop cuz I'd fuck the ice up
2: some people just want to watch the world melt. melt slightly. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take an ad break, come back and do some of your emails. That is chilling, Pete Donaldson, but it's what we've come to expect from it's you. It's
1: the very reverse of chilling, clearly.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Jubiderm lip fillers. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? Mr.
1: Karnov's brand new show My 7 Wonders with Clive Anderson launches this Wednesday Clive will be quizzing some of the world's most interesting celebrities including Griff Rhys-Jones and Shappi Korsandi about their own personal 7 Wonders of the World Join Clive and his first guest Dara O'Brien this Wednesday Dara talks to Clive about his love for the Irish sport hurling and some of the extra benefits that come with awning a hurley stick.
2: It's just pleasant to have a big stick in the house every so often. For home security, it's always nice to know that I have an arsenal uh, if I need it. I'll bear that in mind if I'm tempted to burgle your house in the middle of the night. Just do it. Honestly, that's how I stand. I stand <laughs> naked with my Irish testicles dangling, <laughs> challenging people.
1: They discuss finding humour in quantum physics.
2: It's like saying, is the cat dead or not? Would somebody just... Open the box. We just open the box.
1: <laughs> and discovering new passions during lockdown.
2: Lockdown ran a schism, essentially, between the young comics who immediately went, I must learn new skills. I must learn video editing at TikTok. And I must find new ways to bring my comics to people. And the older comics went, Yeah, retirement's going to be all right. actually. <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> Turns out, you know, was, okay, it's not too bad.
1: Search My 7 Wonders with Clive Anderson on your favourite podcast player to hear the first episode this Wednesday. Oh, we're back. Hope you enjoyed the ad breaks and promotional materials from the Stakhanov stable. <laughs> yeah. I'm Pete, joined by Luke. We're gonna to get to some of your emails if that's all right with you. We we sometimes don't have enough time to get through them, but we will this time. We'll we'll give you yeah. a few.
2: Yeah, I've got an email here from Stuart and right. um I'm speaking of, as one of said horses in that in in that stable. Yeah. Um, although I probably need to be put out to um to the glue seed. factory by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say stud. seed, but that sounded a bit rude. Like studs is seed. Studs, yeah. yeah. But I think if you, if you think, put a horse yeah. out to stud, it just ends up doing shagging all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's
1: not going out to seed, isn't that? Because out to seed is like looking terrible, isn't it? I've like is sort of, I've given up. I thought it was like I've given up. That's how yeah. my, friend, he, my friend used to say, I've gone to seed. And I yeah. thought it was like he'd given up. But then gone to seed must be a literal translation of going to stud, surely.
2: I, I think know. so. I think yeah. so. And I, th- I, th- I think I don't want to kind of attribute that to myself because it sounds rude. Um, so glue factory it is. Yeah. Right. Uh, Stuart has been in touch. But the glue and- has come. <laughs> I'm reading Stuart's email, which has nothing to do with cum, um, because actually I've invested- I'll link it somehow to cum. (laughs) I've invested so much time in this email by removing all the libel from it that I'm reading it. Okay, Because otherwise it's a waste. Um, So this is from Stuart who says, uh, hi guys, uh, I'm currently catching up with some shows and just listening to the episode where you guys uh, talk about job inductions. Anyway- I'm from a place called South Queensferry, just outside Edinburgh, and I've had tons of jobs from the age of 14. And when I turned 16, I received my national insurance card and went to get a, quote, proper job. This job happened to be at a well-known sports shop in Edinburgh. I've changed the wording on that. Um, I got the bus in one Saturday morning for my induction, and this induction was basically to read a massive manual that must have been a 1,000 pages long. And needless to say, I didn't read a single page of it. I just sat in the staff room, and when I say staff room, it was a cupboard with a couple of chairs and a microwave. 30 minutes later, the manager came in and gave me a sports... I can't say that either. Gave me a T-shirt and said the next day is <laughs> to be on the shop floor helping the customers. This turned out to be on the tills on my own for four hours with no clue what was happening or how to use anything at all. The reason I was on my own is because four other staff members had quit the day before. So it was me and the manager who just sat in the office doing nothing. Eventually, I just left the tills and went to uh, the up to the office uh, and said to the manager, to come and help me. And he said no. So I handed him my t shirt back and said, I'm leaving and walked out past a massive line of angry people trying to buy golf balls and Lonsdale t shirts. Needless to say, I that didn't get paid it. Down, for... it? <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I kept that bit in to be cheeky. I didn't get paid for that yeah. induction either. And on a side note, Luke mentioned his phone is listening to him. At Christmas, my partner received a small batch uh, of whiskey as a present. I've never heard of the brand, and we talked about it without typing anything into our phones or computers, and the next day, all over my Instagram was adverts for that same brand. They are always listening. Thanks for helping keep me sane. I'm not working at a sports shop anymore. Stuart.
1: (laughs) Well, um, I would like to – I mean, great story. Um, I I wonder how – I would have dealt with that situation. I probably would have tried my very best, fucked everything off, mm. and um, uh, said, owner of shop may have sold my football club uh, because of all <laughs> of the money that I lost him that day."
2: Um, um, I used to I, work at it, but part of the reason, Pete, to to um, to read that email is because I also used to work at the sports shop, you know, and I thought it was great. Right. <laughs> I had a
1: great is that time. you? Is that you giving like BBC balance, saying that you enjoyed your time <laughs> at the
2: sports shop? We actually spoke to someone else from that sports shop, Stuart, and he's <laughs> had a lovely time, and he's actually now assistant manager. He got yes. promoted because he worked so, hard.
1: So enjoy crying about it. We'll collect it in a big oversized cup, shall we? Yeah, We, um, we
2: were um, when I was at the sports shop, I worked with um, a friend of mine, Mark, who you know, who's done a lot of uh, – he works in press now. He's done a lot of coverage for us of our shows yeah. down the years. And um, he was – he's a year older than me, and he was an apt – like a terrible influence on me. I was just a Saturday boy, and he had been there longer – and he would I, honestly he would literally like i know this sounds ridiculous this is probably 1997 98 so a long time ago now but honestly mate he used to literally tell customers to fuck off to their face like <laughs> he, he, would, he he would be like right it's 5:30 fuck off he, i remember him once i remember him once getting so pissed off with a customer that he legged it down the middle of the aisle of the shop and out of frustration booted a massive stack of sports shorts off the shelf Right? And a load of them hit a kid in the in the face. <laughs> like, he was absolutely like, off the out chain. Of he, he didn't care. He's doing really well now, but that, back then he was like, honestly, he, he felt very aspirational. Apparel uh, sa- salesman. Yeah. Yeah. He would literally, literally 5 30, go and grab the shutter at the front of the door, put it halfway down, and go, customers, fuck off.
1: <laughs> no more respect than they deserve, in my humble <laughs> opinion. That company's
2: gone out of business, by the way. Possibly related. I don't know. Good. Good yeah, again. their hiring their hiring policies were very, very loose.
1: Our um our mutual friend uh by the name of David, it's not important what, what his second name is. It's not important uh to besmirch his good name uh, by saying he listens to the Luke and Pete Shaw. Um did point out uh you, you you were talking about um uh your iphone listening to you and serving you up adverts um through yeah. things that it's heard um and i think we'd spoke about it maybe a couple of years ago and i poo-pooed it as as being computationally just just unable It just wouldn't work because you know you would need a data set of example sentences and words that's really, really big. And that can only be stored on a server somewhere in usually my favorite place to talk about servers, Iceland, with free electricity. A lot of Zoom ones are
2: in Germany, apparently.
1: Oh really? Oh, yeah. exciting! Um, so yeah, yeah, nice. Well, at least we can travel through through our yeah. Zoom conversations. Yeah. But um, but it would be copy- the the, the, the processors on your in your phone aren't fast enough to to, to, to work it out uh, reliably. Um, it would just take too much data to, to send back and forth. So how's it and, happening and, and, then? Well, it's, it's not. It's not happening. It's just a lot of it is circumstantial evidence in many ways well, listen, um, mate, but... have you got
2: your Tim Foil hat or not because I don't want to be a part of this if you haven't
1: <laughs> it's Tim Foil hat but but my head is smeared with uh, with conductive <laughs> um, uh, thermal paste paste yeah, yeah. But, but, but Cooper Cooper was asking me as if to go you weren't actually you don't actually you've now used that. his surname you've now you
2: know, used his surname I,
1: did I oh shit <laughs> <laughs> What was, he his, what was his point
2: anyway? We've, we've his point was his, point, his was, point was
1: his point was not that he was disappointed in you. He was disappointed in me for agreeing with you. That's how <laughs> oh, low oh, you've right. sunken, Luka. That's how yeah. low you've
2: sunken. <laughs> That's fair enough. I think it's happening. I think just because you're paranoid <laughs> doesn't mean they're not really after you. And I think by definition, <laughs> there's lots of technology we don't learn about till later. That's. what I'll leave it there. Good no, point. Leave it there. Good it point. There. Um,
1: Shall we uh, shuffle off and come back on Thursday? We've got so much stuff to get through uh, on Thursday, including what can only be described as chimpanzee on Chimpanzee War. This
2: has been the Luke and Pete Shaw. We'll be back on Thursday. That's going to be fucking brilliant. (laughs) Come back for that.
1: (laughs) Get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeteShaw.com and find us on Instagram at And
2: And I'll I'll leave you with this. It's not every day you find out about a full-on chimpanzee war and Thursday we're going to go over the protagonist, the belligerents.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.